0: You know, I wasn't going to share this story, but the Holy Ghost reminded me of of how used to uh, routine that we are, right? And so um, I am a woman of the Word. I am a woman of the Holy Ghost. And I do pray in tongues every day of my life. And um, it it is the joy of my life um, because I get past Heather and into the person of Jesus. And um, this one particular Wednesday night, now obviously, If you can tell by Frank Bailey, that was our former pastor. And if this is his book, you know, he spent his life studying the word and really the person of the Holy Spirit. And so one Wednesday night, he used to love to have Zach and I preach. And he used to never do this with his staff people. First, he would have us do offerings. So for like a year, I did the offering for him. And then he started having us teach on Wednesday night. And this particular Wednesday night, he had been teaching on the person of the Holy Spirit again. And he asked me to teach um, or preach that night. And I said, Lord, what do you want me to preach? I'm so excited. It's Wednesday night. And he says, I want you to teach on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I was like, why? (laughs) Because for me, you know, it was like my dad, my spiritual giant dad, you want me to teach and preach his message? Like I get that it's mine because I'll tell you all about that story in a second. I get that it's mine, right, Jenna? Everywhere I go, you know, you're going to hear it. But it was mortifying to have to preach it in front of him and so i get i'm I'm studying for days and days and praying the holy ghost and the day of the the service comes and all of a sudden i'm like blank like none of my notes matter like nothing like i am blank so the lord sends me home in the middle of the day to go study we always have a library at our house so, I go to the library and I go to study, and I, it's like the Holy Spirit wouldn't let me into the, you know, the books and the computer. And I'm like, what are you doing? So, I goes, I want you to pray in the Holy Ghost. So, I, you know, then the admin comes out in me, the routine. Do you know what time it is? Do you know what time service is? You know, I've got to take a shower. Stuff, you Because know, I didn't wash my hair that morning, got to wash my hair before I preach. And so, long story short, so I prayed in the Holy Ghost for about 10 minutes. And I'm like, okay, that's good. I felt his presence. You know, yes. Okay, I'm gonna, now I'm going to do my notes. And he said, Heather, I want you to pray in my spirit. Okay, so I set my alarm for like 12 minutes later. And I began to pray in the Holy Ghost. And as I begin to pray in the Holy Ghost, he begins to move upon me. The alarm goes off. I turn it off. The dogs are coming upstairs, trying to figure out what mama's doing. They're coming up and going back down. And I prayed in the Holy Ghost the rest of the afternoon. And why? Remember I told you all a couple weeks ago that the Lord told me I was in the schoolroom of the Holy Ghost. That though I was going to spend my life teaching on it, I would be forever in his school. And that day, once again, he reminded me, Heather, it's not your way, it's mine. It's not about how much you know. It's not about what you like and don't like. This is about me. So he challenged me once again to spend extended periods of time praying in the Holy Ghost. Not just while I'm driving, which is normal. Not just while I'm cleaning house, normal. Not just while I rock Zoe, all normal. But turning everything off and just sitting there and praying in the Spirit. And so I went to the church that night and I felt mortified. Why am I going to share I'm the message of the baptism to this church with this pastor? And he had me challenge the whole church to begin to do it again. And one of our ushers, actually our head usher, who'd probably been in the church for 35 years, said he thought, "Who is this?" And he's a good, really good friend of Zach and I's. Who does this little girl think she is? Does she not know who I am and how long I've been baptized in the Holy Ghost for? But he delivered um, prescriptions for a pharmacy, and the next day he's driving. And the Holy Spirit began to deal with him and deal with his pride and deal with, you know, we all have a little bit of pride sometimes. And he said that day he felt closer to the God than he had felt in years because he eventually yielded and spent the whole day praying in the Holy Ghost. Isn't that awesome? So I just want to challenge you tonight. I know you got your time restrictions. Our kids will be okay. The Lord will touch our nursery and children's workers. And uh, the Lord will recoup your time here. He recouped my time that day. And we're just going to have fun, right? We're going to let go of the time. We're just going to enjoy the Holy Ghost. So, has anyone started reading this book? Does anyone like it? Awesome! So, I want to share this little story with you. Y'all doing okay today? All right. So, this little story... Some of you, who was, who was not here for the Dessert Fellowship with Zach and I? Anyone not here for the Dessert Fellowship? Okay, so quite a few of you. So I shared this then, that's why I'm asking. So I grew up a little Catholic girl, <clears throat> and growing up, we would turn on TV, and when we'd see preachers pray for people and they'd fall out, or they would be called up for healing, you know, and the wheelchairs go bye-bye, my parents, the good old Catholic selves that they are, would tell me that that was all pre-planned. That they would meet people out in the parking lot. and That they would, they, that they would write down notes. Oh, they would have an earpiece in the ears. And they would tell the preacher so that they knew that Jesse was coming down in a wheelchair because of, he had a bum leg or whatever it was. And so we always thought it was a bunch of crazy people. And so I, uh, that's what I grew up thinking of all that, right? Those are the Holy Ghost people were the crazy people. And so then I, you know, get, go off in life. I'm crazy. I start doing drugs. And I'm a horrible person. Get born again. Well, my boyfriend at the time, my little brother, go to this Christian rehab. And at the rehab, they had an entire class against the baptism of the Holy Ghost and the gifts of the Spirit today. An Entire class. So they come home from this Christian rehab, and we're all excited because we're all born again now, and we're like, whoa, there's this whole new life we didn't know about. So they printed an entire copy of this booklet, this thick and we went through it and studied why it was not for today. But there is one little problem. I'm sitting in the little church, the little it was a Baptist church, which my little brother's a Baptist preacher, my parents are still Catholic, so I'm good denominationally. Got it? We're all going to heaven. I'm not talking bad about other denominations. So I'm in this little Baptist church, and the preacher says that when we were born again, we got all that there is of the Spirit. Okay, but well, there's still a problem. My thought life isn't right I'm a little you know shady in this area if I got all there is of God then how is he who the Bible says he is so the little bit of doubt sort of creeping in you get it that I, I knew that the Bible was real I knew that Jesus was real I knew my encounter with him was real so how could I have gotten all there is of the Holy Spirit when I was born again didn't make sense first check so then I go off and because my boyfriend of the time and my little brother had got arrested, and that's how we all got born again, when this couple came about prison ministry, I knew I was going. Something in me moved, and I knew I was going. So I went to this ridiculously long all-weekend training on how to go in the jails and preach, which I needed, thank you very much. By the time, I was like this 22-year-old country girl with long, long hair, no makeup, because if I wore makeup, then I couldn't be holy anymore. (laughs) Remember, I grew up Catholic. Holiness equaled none. Boring. Okay? So, and and they told us about what we can wear and not wear, and you couldn't wear this, and you couldn't wear that. And so I was just scared to death that I was going to be the one that was like the bad one that wore something inappropriate. So I wore these ridiculously baggy jeans with tennis shoes and a frumpy sports t-shirt, put my hair in a ponytail because I couldn't be what I wasn't supposed to be. You get it? So this, y'all could just imagine how silly I looked. So I go to this jail. It's the state penitentiary for women. Now, the state penitentiary for women is really bad because the judges and the attorneys do not like putting moms in prison they got they got babies to take care of so they're a little bit more lenient with the women sometimes unfortunately when you get sent up state you done did something bad So we go there but guess what I Fell in love. Fell in love. Give me the jail. Give me a prison any day of the week. Actually, for about six years in New Orleans, I preached the jail every week because I couldn't stay in church people anymore. I needed some real life. <laughs> give me someone who was gonna tell me how it was. Fell in love. I know, and y'all are wondering who is this pastor we have now? Fell in love because their 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 need for Christ was so real. And so these women, you know, if they're playing ball, I'm a jock. I'm like, yeah, we're going to do it up this weekend. So I'm going to go play ball the whole weekend, and then I'm cool. But these women were mean. They were cursing. They were talking trash. But the problem was I grew up playing ball with all guys. So I'm like, what? What's up? You're 22 years old. What? What you talking trash about? You think you got it? Let me tell you what I'm going to do. And they were like, oh, my. So they started calling me, you little white church girl. You know, trying to intimidate me, but what was happening was the love of God in me kept, the, more, the meaner they got, the more I loved them. Does that make any sense to you guys? <laughs> you got the Holy Ghost, Annie. So the meaner they were, the more I loved them, and I played ball hard all weekend long. So long, long, long story short, very shortened, we go to service that night, first service. I'm there the whole weekend. And they're coming in the gym, and we're high-fiving, and i making this huge entry line as they're coming in. So hundreds of these women are coming to service in the gym. And I'm like, I, you know, I felt greater than like a homecoming football team for the state champions. You know what I mean? I mean, it was like, whoa! And so I became totally overwhelmed. Like, what is this? Like, what? Like, Mardi Gras didn't compare to this. I, it was a lot. It was overwhelming. So I went. Have you all ever experienced Christ like that? It's amazing. So I go and I sit off to the side. And as I sit on the side, I looked up and I saw a cloud of glory. I, I didn't imagine it. It wasn't something that I was hallucinating from prior drug use. I'm telling you, I saw a glory cloud and it covered the whole room. And in that moment, I began to weep and I said, oh, my goodness, this This is the Bible. This is the life I want to live. I don't want to live some life with spiritual checklist and religion and rules. I don't want to be comfy in a church pew. I want to live Bible all the days of my life. I want to encounter you. I want to encounter the love of Christ. I want to encounter the person of the Holy Spirit all the days of my life, God. I don't even know what that looks like or what that means. But I know that I know that this is you. This is you, and this is what I want. So we go through service. I don't know what they preached. I have no idea. Remember, I'm still a little Baptist girl. I was Catholic like three months before. What are you talking about? But they did an altar call. Never heard of an altar call in my life. The Lord said, you're going to work it. I said, okay, I'm good. What do I do? They didn't even know what an altar call was. All these women start flocking to the front. Well, who do you think it was? But all those tough women that I was playing ball with, shooting the breeze. So thank God I was prepared to go up because all those women running the prison ministry were like, come here, you little white church girl. Guess what you're doing? And they had me laying hands on, I didn't even know what laying hands was. And I began to lay hands on all of those women and I began to pray the love of God over them and pray for them to be set free and pray that that they would know him, that they would be changed. But guess what? All the love of God that I had in me up to that point was given away. Was given away. And I knew that I couldn't have had all of the Spirit of God in my salvation because if that was true, I didn't have it anymore. I was empty. I, my fuel tank was on zero. It was past E and I was putting out very quickly. So I sat down. And then I began to cry because I didn't have anything for him. Oh my god, what are we gonna do? They're gonna all go to hell. And then I see this little old lady. And she's walking. And she's walking so slow. You know, she'd been there a really long time. She I'm telling you, she was easily in her 80s. She was struggling to walk. Her legs would like shake as she was coming. Some of it was the power of God, but some of it was weakness she's walking everything in me broke but God but God you're not for her God God all her family what's her story God who she leave behind and I reached out my hand and all I wanted to say was God help her and what came out was the most beautiful thing I'd ever heard and it scared the dickens out of me. I began to pray in the Holy Ghost, I covered my mouth. My eyes got bigger than anything else. I mean, I was freaked out. Those ladies had to come minister to me because I didn't understand it. I didn't want to pray for anyone the rest of the weekend because every time I did, guess what happened? I couldn't couldn't help myself but pray in the Holy Ghost. But I went home and I got in my room and said, I'm going to pray in the Holy Spirit. I'm going to pray in the Holy Ghost. All right, now receive the baptism. La, 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 la. God, I did this. I'm serious. Has anyone ever been there? Or is it just me? Months. It would never come back. Because now I was all in here. It was all in here. I went to the Baptist church. The pastor called me. He wanted me to do this new ministry. I said, I don't think I can be Baptist anymore. He said, why? I said, because I pray in tongues. He's like, yeah, that's a problem. Oh. I went to this other church that was spirit-filled, but they didn't pray in tongues in the service. It wasn't allowed. And so, but it was no big deal because they believed in it. But because they didn't do it in services, they didn't teach on it, everyone I asked said, yeah, we believe in it, but no one could tell me about it. So what am I going to do? It's real. I experienced it. And what you see is what you get with me, and I want all of it. So let's, let's figure this out real quick, Jesus. So couldn't find any answers. About six, seven months later, the Lord moves me to New Orleans. I get a phone call. Two weeks later, I'm living in New Orleans. Three days later, I'm at Victory Fellowship. That night, power of God came on me. I'm at the altar. I'm jumping up and down. I'm crying. I'm shababa. ba And they're like, who is this girl? Because I was new, but I fit right in. Sunday, we go to service bunch of young adults came and met me. I said, doll, let's go to lunch. I said, Hey, you know about this Holy ghost person? Yeah. What you want to (laughs) know? So that, that very week began a regular routine every Sunday. After that, they all came to my house. I cooked lunch for them and we had a Bible study and we opened our Bibles and I said, teach me about this thing. People say you're not supposed to do it in public. Only if there's two or th- you know, if there's more than two or three or whatever, you know, you can't do it. What's that all about? Oh, there's two. Okay, well, why don't you explain to me the difference between the two? Okay, well, what about this? Okay, what about that? And we began to go week after week after week studying who he was. When the Lord called me into the ministry, he told me, "You will never have a ministry unless it's a ministry of my Spirit." He said, you will never be ashamed of me. You will never shut your mouth. You will preach and teach who I am today. And so why are we all about it? There's my story. Because there's people sitting in the pews afraid to ask questions. Jenna grew up at Victory from 18 months. When I met her, she was 17 years old. She'd never been baptized in the Holy Ghost and would never ask a soul in that church because she thought she should know because she grew up there. That's why I have this ministry. Because so many people sit and wonder about who he is. Is it for today? How come I got it at kids camp? How come I got it in the youth group? Why don't we have it today? Because that happened to me so I could begin to just be the person that says, let me be the display. Let me be the goofy display. And let me teach and talk about it all the days of my life. Amen? Y'all going to be okay with that? Okay. All right. So the Holy Spirit and salvation. The awesome thing about the Holy Spirit is that without him, we would never know Romans 323. What is it that we've all sinned and fall short of the glory of God? You know, it doesn't matter if you're me and you were a stupid drug dealer, kids have been delivered and set free. Don't do what I did, okay? But you you don't have to be the one that was a drug dealer. You know, you can be my husband who was born again. Like, really, he accepted Christ at like three, got baptized in the Holy Ghost by the time he was five. Called into the ministry at 13. Preached his first message at 14. It doesn't matter which side of the scale you fall on. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All of us are in desperate need of a Savior. All of us are in desperate need for holiness in our life. We saw a huge picture of this in Katrina. Huge picture. Katrina comes, wipes the city away. What do you have? You have a city of, quote, good people. New Orleans is not all bad. Mardi Gras is just for the visitors, (laughs) mostly. (laughs) That Superdome, you saw people killed and raped and beaten and stolen from. You saw some of the most disgusting and vile things that people are still in counseling for today. And it had nothing to do with, oh, that's New Orleans. It's the depravity of man. Without Christ, we're all unholy. Without, Without the blood of Jesus, the depravity of man overtakes us. It's but the grace of God that you and I are sitting here today. But the grace of God that we're not the homeless person on the street begging for money, all it takes is one move of his hand. And you and I would be in a whole different place. All of us have sinned. Romans 5.12 says, just as through one man sin entered the world and death through sin, the death spread to all man. Ephesians 2.1, the hope of God, says that you and I being made alive, quickened by the Holy Ghost, you and I, dead in our trespasses, dead in our sin, unaware of the holiness of God. Do you, can you remember the moment that the light switch was turned on? And all, I, look, I grew up Catholic. I knew the Bible. I'm telling you, Jen and I talked about this on the way I knew the Bible. I would do, I mean, it was ridiculous how often we were in church that I never knew who he was. Think about it. You could have grown up in church your whole life. But the moment that that light switch was turned on and all of a sudden you saw his beauty. All of a sudden you understood what he did was for you. And how come 10 minutes ago it didn't mean anything? But right now it's real. Right now I can taste it. He made us alive, who were dead in trespasses and sin, in which you once walked according to the course of the world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lusts of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. But God, but God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love in which he loved us, even when we were dead in our sins, made us alive. He quickened us together with Christ. By grace, you've been saved. And he raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places with Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you've been saved through faith, that not of yourselves, it's the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship created in Jesus Christ for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. This quickening, this making alive, by faith our eyes are opened, it is all an awakening of our spiritual senses. In that moment of salvation, when you and I are born again, the Spirit himself drew us to the point of salvation. It was him that came and did it. You know, we, it's so important in our growth with who the person of the Holy Spirit is, our growth in the depth of the riches of the gospel, that we begin to understand that none of us in here are more worthy than another. It's not, oh, poor so-and-so, well, hey, at least they kind of made it in the kingdom. I mean, they're a little rough around the edges, but at least they're in the door. No, I'm going to throw up and throw something at myself because I can't throw it at you yet. No, by grace, by grace, you and I have been quickened. It's by grace that we're quickened. Why does that little lady on the side of the street playing in the grass every week make me want to cry? One day I'm going to go sit in that grass with her. You think I'm joking. Why does that old man on the side of the street begging for money, why does it freak me out? Not in a bad way, but in a way that why is he sitting on the side of the street when we have a kingdom house a block away? Because there's no difference but them and me, but the blood of Christ. None. 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 Every one of us in this room, I don't care if you're red, yellow, black, and white, what economic status you have and you exist in. You and I are the same in Christ Jesus by the blood of Christ through the quickening of the Holy Ghost. Not one is better than the other, and every single one of us is called to do good works. Every single one of us is called to be made known by Him and to make Him known amongst this community. Every single one of us. I thought this was on the baptism of the Holy Ghost. We've got to get the simple thing first. We've got to get past the pride. We've got to get past the cool factor. We've got to get past the fact that I've been in church forever. And who does this little girl think she is? Who cares? Remember, he doesn't need the perfect vessel. He just needs a willing vessel. He's going to use the weak things of the world to just come on. Why do you think he chose me? Because I'm so goofy. Because I'm a nobody. I'm willing to say, I'm willing to say, God, whatever, whatever it takes, I will make my, I will be a goofball for your namesake. If somebody, if I could just get through to somebody that every single one of us deserve the same things in Christ Jesus. It doesn't matter if you're a pastor. It doesn't matter if you're a teacher. It doesn't matter if you're a board member or volunteer. All that matters is that you and I understand it's by grace through faith we've been saved. It's that God called us before the foundations of the world. He had us marked in his name, and he allowed his spirit to come and breathe his life upon us. He's chose you and me for such a time as this to say, Lord, not my way but yours. Not my way but yours, Jesus. I'm going to move aside. I'm going to move aside and realize I didn't get saved because I'm so good, because I came from such and such family. I am saved because of your grace and your mercy. I'm saved by grace through faith. John 3 says, Most assuredly I say to you, Unless one is born again, he can't see the kingdom of heaven. This new birth is the beginning of our new life. Until the moment of our new birth, we have no way to understand the things of God. Only the Spirit can reveal spiritual truth to us. This infusion of divine life is the only way for us to enjoy spiritual reality. If you're... Relationship with Christ has become religion. We've all seen it, and most of us have experienced it, where we just do, we go and plug in, check, I went to church, check, I gave a tithe, check, I did an event, check, check, check. Then we just need the breath, the fresh breath of God, because it's only through Him and His awakening that we can enjoy the spiritual reality You know, Augustine, St. Augustine wrote this book. It's called City, O City of God. And And it's an amazing revelation. It's amazing writing on living in this world but not living of it, that I live in a city above a city. And we begin to live in the natural world but really live in the spiritual world where the things of this earth don't really affect us because we begin to be aware of the spiritual senses. That's the work of the Holy Ghost. Can I get an amen? Amen. All right, so what you've all been waiting for, I know you're dying to hear this, the Holy Spirit at salvation and the Holy Spirit in the baptism. So we need to understand, all of us, every single one, whether you're a leader now or not, you and I are Christians in the Assemblies of God. We are a Pentecostal people. There are two distinct experiences, the, ba- the Holy Spirit coming at salvation and a separate experience, the Holy Spirit coming in the baptism. When you and I are born again, the Holy Spirit is going to come and live inside of us. He's going to come and make us his dwelling place. I become a temple of God. Very important. But at, at, at baptism, you and I are filled to overflowing with the power of God. Yes, there's scripture to prove this. John 20, starting in verse 19. It says, Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled, for fear of the Jews, this is after the resurrection, you know, people are like, hey, have you seen him? Have you seen him? What's going on? Jesus came and he stood in the midst and he said to them, Peace be with you. When he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. And then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. That statement is key. They saw the Lord. When you start looking up that word saw, you begin to see that right there is when they're born again. Right there is when their spiritual eyes were opened. They didn't just see Jesus as man. They saw Jesus as Son of God, Savior of the world. In that moment, they were quickened. There was an awakening of who he was. They saw the Lord. Let's go on to the next verse. And Jesus said again to them, Peace to you, as the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them. And he said to them, Receive. The Holy Spirit. That word breathed right there. Hi, ladies. That word breathed right there is the same word breathed. It's Ruash. And Ruash it was the same word used in the book of Genesis when God came and he breathed life into Adam. Same word. And when you and I are born again, the Spirit comes life of God. We're awakened to the spiritual realm. we awakened to who he is. And you and I are born again. Isn't that awesome? We're born again. You and I are made the dwelling place. But in John 3.16 That's not the right verse. um, But it says, John answered saying to all, I indeed baptize you with water. But one mightier than I is coming, whose sandal strap I am not worthy to loose. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Now that kind of doesn't sound like the verse we read in John, what happened. Kind of doesn't sound like it, right? But the cool thing about John the Baptist, if you study his life and ministry, he had a twofold message. Repent, repent, turn away from your sins. Be baptized, right? That was his first message. Repent, repent. And his second message was about the heavenly ministry of Jesus. That Jesus is coming and Jesus is baptizing in the Holy Ghost. Then, if John the Baptist isn't good enough for you, which he might not be, Jesus himself, in the book of Acts, start verse 1 starting in verse 4, it says, being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise, which he said, you've heard from me, for John truly baptized with you with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. You know, these people had just got born again. We've already read that in John 20. Jesus was with them. They saw him as Christ, the Son of God. They were awakened to the spiritual senses. They bat- they, he breathed life upon them. The Spirit was now living and dwelling inside of them. But Jesus himself, if you've got a red-letter Bible, says, Hey, don't go anywhere because not many days from now, I'm going to baptize you with fire, buddy. You better sit still. So I don't know about you, but I don't think we can throw out, if we're going to throw out any page in the Bible, we can't throw out red letters Come on. So we might need to look and dig into it a little bit, right? So this word "baptized." What does "baptized" mean? I'm so glad someone asked that. In the Greek, Greek, it's "baptizo," and that means to be saturated or to be immersed. You see, and that's so different from the in from the dwelling of the Holy Spirit. Dwelling, saturate. Dwelling saturate. Two distinct experiences, two distinct words. And to saturate, I love this definition. If you look in the dictionary, this is what you'll get. To cause one substance to unite with the greatest possible amount of another. To cause one substance to unite with the greatest possible amount of another. You see, you and I at any point in time, depending on where we are in Christ, what's going on in our day, Some days we'll be able to saturate and soak and have a huge expansion of us yielded to who he is. So you and I as experience of the baptism on any day of the week will depend on how much of ourselves we begin to yield to him, to the saturation of him, how much we're going to allow ourselves to be united with who he is. Because he's available. Remember, we read he's got a river clear as crystal flowing from the throne of God. He's available. How much of you and I are we going to yield to him to be united? It also means to charge to the utmost, to soak or to impregnate thoroughly and completely When was the last time you were impregnated with the Holy Ghost? When you and I, you know, if you're a man, maybe you don't quite get it, but you do get the fact that something is growing inside of another person. When you and I begin to be saturated and soaked in the person of the Holy Ghost, he begins to plant something of himself within us because the person of the Holy Spirit is God himself. We are being filled with him. And as he's filling us, he's imparting more and more of who he is. He's going to begin to implant dreams and visions and revelations of who he is until you and I explode and give birth to that thing which he's implanted in us. That's the saturating of the Holy Ghost, that you and I begin to get in the presence of God on a day-to-day basis and soak and drink and drink and drink of who he is until something begins to be impregnated in us. Come on, girlfriends. Can you tell our friends are in the house? And now I've never read this definition before, but I thought it was really cool. To send so many planes over a target area that the defensive electronic tracking equipment becomes ineffective. To send so many planes over a target area that a defensive electronic tracking system becomes ineffective. That means, when was the last time that your flesh was no longer a problem? You get what I'm saying? It becomes ineffective. Ineffective. You know, I can't tell you how many times in front of my friends or family members or staff members I've had to say, excuse me, but I need a tongue's break. Because a little bit too much of Heather's sassiness has come out. Come on. And I'm beginning to realize the reality of who I am and what I preach isn't lining up in this moment. So, I need to get in the presence of God to where my carnal and natural man is no longer effective. It is no longer an issue because I have begun to yield again to the person of the Holy Spirit in my life. Can I get an amen? amen. Grace, how do, how do I, what's, what's the deal for Wednesday night, Pastor Heather? She's asked me, it was like four or five times. And I said, pray in tongues all day, you'll be good to go. Obviously, I talked a little bit more about it, but why? Because we just need to be knit in unity in the Holy Ghost. And it's not about me and my plan, or her and her plan. And how much we can configure—it's about how much unity we can find ourselves in the Holy Ghost. That what I want doesn't rise up, what she doesn't want rises up. Then we can just say, you know what? We're going for Jesus. We're going for Him. We want Him to be glorified. I don't want to get in the way. I just want Christ to reign. So I gave her a CD on the tongues. It's two hours long. If she forgets to pray in the Holy Ghost. She just press play. Shada da basun, didi da Why do you have that CD? Because sometimes I need to be reminded that I don't need to pray my will. Sometimes I need to be encouraged to get out of my natural man and get into the spiritual man that my flesh, my carnal self, can't take over anymore. That's to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. That's to be saturated and immersed in the presence of God. You take a sponge. Come on. You dip a little piece in to wipe off the counter. You don't get it too wet, right? It's just a little bit. Just need to get that little salsa off the counter there. Come on. But you got, my salsa thing splattered. You don't even want to know. But you get a big old mess. What are you gonna do with that sponge? You're gonna take that sponge and you're gonna stick it in that water, make sure it's good and wet. So when you pick it up, it's just dripping. It's dripping. And that's what you and I want to be. I don't want to go, ooh, I felt a tingle. Got the Holy Ghost today. Woohoo! Did you feel that? I think the Holy Spirit was at church. I want to get so plastered in the person of Christ that when I walk out of that building everybody in the place knows that I've been with Jesus that I'm shining for Christ that I'm bubbling with the person of the Holy Ghost that the love of God is shed abroad in my heart and the whole world around me knows it something's different about that lady up there and I'm not talking weird I'm not talking loud I'm not talking shot it out by Sunday I'm talking something is on that girl she is dripping with the person of Christ is dripping with the love of God I want to be a Holy Ghost sponge I want to be a person that says I'm not going to be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ I'm going to say come on Jesus come on fill my cup let it runneth over I want to be a sponge of the Holy Ghost that's baptism when you and I got baptized we all got in a baptismal tank did we not and some preacher took us And he completely immersed us under that water. I've had people that were scared of water and whatnot and didn't completely go under. But guess what happened? We dunked them again. (laughs) So if you get in the presence of God and you don't get a full dunk and you don't fully get what we're saying, go for another swim. (laughs) Go until you get saturated and you don't stink of the flesh anymore. Come on. We had this woman come she she was a friend of Pastor Paris's in Bible college. Pastor Paris got born again at 16 years old, went off to got married two weeks later, went off to Bible college. Aren't you glad you're not her mama? <laughs> we laughed and laughed with her mom about that all the time. But <clears throat> this woman she went to Bible college with, who was several years older than her, they hadn't seen each other in like 30 years. Her name is Jody. And she came down a couple of years ago to visit in New Orleans. And you know, when we say we ran there, we ran a very fast pace. And so Jody gets there, and every day, morning and night, Pastor Paris was going somewhere. That particular semester, she was teaching three hours for me, I think Wednesday morning, and three hours Thursday night at Bible College. And then you had services and small groups in between. So this woman was like, dude, when do you not do church, Paris? This is ridiculous. I mean, do you not breathe? Pastor Paris is like, What are you talking about? We all love Jesus. And then church day comes, and um, Pastor Paris is, you know, doing her normal routine for church. And that morning, um, she had the her CD player on and she didn't have headphones on. And so it was loud. So Jody comes and she's knocking on the door. Paris! music is too loud so pastor Parrish is like okay I'll turn it down she goes turn it down and she's like what is wrong with my friend we go to church she saturates in Christ she gets baptized once again the presence of God and guess what Jody no longer has a problem with the volume of the music or how many times We're in church in a week. Why? Because all of a sudden, some things just don't matter. It's not about my style or Grace's style or Pat's style. It's about him. Is he there? Is he there? And is he glorified? I want to be baptized, saturated in the Holy Ghost. So I do this little thing earlier while I was studying. Salvation brings the Holy Spirit to dwell in us, and the baptism brings the Holy Spirit to overflow. In salvation, the Holy Spirit awakens us, but in the baptism, the Holy Spirit fills. In salvation, you and I are born again, but in the baptism, you and I are endued with power. There's distinct differences in all. Luke 24, 49 says, Behold, I send the promise of the Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. I'm going to skip this one little section. I'll come back next week to it. But I want to talk about that endued with power from on high. Acts 1.8 also says, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses for me in Jerusalem in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. That word power in the Greek is dynamis or dunamis. What does dynamis sound like? Dynamite. Y'all ever saw that that old TV show, Dynamite? I don't know about you, I know. I don't know about you, but when I think of dynamite, I think of explosive. I think of of something that affects the entire world around it. Something that, that, that is, that was not, now is. Or that is, was not. It has to distinctively be changed. Dunamis is the power to achieve by applying the Lord's inherent abilities. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you and I, when you and I are baptized and endued with power from on high, you and I all of a sudden have this supernatural ability to do that which we used to not be able to do. When the Holy Ghost comes upon you and I, and the power of God comes, it enables you and I to supernaturally do what we couldn't do before. What does that look like? Zach is a very shy person. If you don't know that, go to a social function with him and see how many times he pokes you. Come on. Just me. I get, look, I got bruises after some stuff. Because I'm sensitive. Supernatural power to do that which you couldn't do. The first time I asked Jenna to pray for someone, she thought in her head, I hate you. Jenna was the shyest person around. Shyest person around. The day we did this play in New Orleans, it's called Beyond the Grave. We've seen like 65,000 decisions for Christ. It's, it's cool. And, and you have all these, these parts. And so this one particular part is the good Christian girl. And she's the one that says, yes, I believe in Jesus. What about you? She gets killed for the gospel. I've been the director for a long time for that. And Jenna tried out, and that's the part she wanted. Guess what part she got? She got the sassy snot. The mean one. Now, if you know Jenna, she is not a sassy snot. She is not mean. She doesn't have a mean bone in her body. She probably li- has lived the other girl that grew up in church. Of course I believe in Jesus. Why are you pointing that gun at me? And when I, when we cast her, like, you know, we pray about it. There's a team of us that cast it. And when we announced the cast, there were several people that said, have you lost your mind? Jenna cannot play that part. She, What are you talking about? Because it, it was the snob that she would have to have be all made up and, you know, high-heeled and a lot of makeup and... He was real sassy, and she was mad. I mean, she was mad at me. Probably for two weeks, she didn't really talk to me. And uh, three weeks. (laughs) But I knew what I heard from the Lord. We knew we'd heard from the Lord. So we have a professional um, stylist that come in and do hair and makeup and stuff. So the day for the first performance comes, and she's all done up. And people are like, who is that girl? But the play started. She comes out. And everybody that knew her knew the Holy Spirit had come upon her. Because all of a sudden, she stepped into the anointing of God. She stepped into the Holy Ghost. How many years did you play her? Three years she played that girl. People would, afterwards, people would say, who was that girl? I hated her. I clapped when she went to hell. That's how convincing <laughs> she was. Serious. And I am not joking. That's how convincing she was. And if you know her, that's impossible. But when you're willing to say, God, I'll do whatever, come on, I'll do whatever. She was really mad at me. Until she began to see how yielding to the presence of God, yielding to the things of God began to impact lives for the kingdom of God. That, those girls that would clap for her to go to hell, why? Because they saw something of themselves in her. They understood what it was. We were able to lead them one by one to the Lord. The supernatural ability to do something that before you could not. The dunamis power of the Holy Ghost. It says that you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. You're called to the ministry, good. I want you to go to Jerusalem. It's going to give you the supernatural ability to live the Christ-like life in your home. Your husband's not your problem, your parents aren't your problem, and your kids aren't your problem. Get baptized in the Holy Ghost. Get immersed in the presence of God. Yield yourself to Him. Let the flesh melt off and be a witness in our homes. That's what it does. Look, I was a snot to my mom. My mom and I hated each other. She could tell you this if she was here. My whole life couldn't stand me Because I became the person that she raised to be independent and self-efficient, right? And I was who she couldn't be. And I hated her because, Mom, why are you so sensitive? But really, I didn't know how to be sensitive, so we hated each other. I got born again. You know what God said? Go love your mom. Go love your mom. All of a sudden, I began to do that, which before I couldn't do. You want to talk about that? That day in the prison, I'm hugging this lady. This, it was the second day. They came and got me out of my seat. Remember, I wasn't going to pray for anybody because I'm not praying in that tongue thing again. <clears throat> the, the lady that ran the yard went up for prayer. No one could pray for her but me. They come and get me, and I'm like, oh, man. But I get up there, she's weeping. She's bawling. She's got snot. I mean, it was the real deal. And I began to pray for her, and she began to say, I didn't mean to do it. I didn't mean to do it. And I began to cry with her. I didn't know what she was talking about. I didn't mean to do it. I said, it's okay. You're forgiven. In my head, I'm thinking, do you know what she did? I didn't mean to do it. It's okay. He loves you anyway. I didn't mean to do it. I love you. I didn't mean to do it. You're forgiven. He forgives you. I forgive you. After a few minutes, she said, I didn't mean to kill my baby. And I said, it's okay. I forgive you. That is the supernatural ability to do that which you can't do. Do You know, I found out about 10 years later that that woman went to school with one of our pastors on staff at Victory. And he wasn't allowed to go in and see her because of the nature of the crime and the affiliation he had with the family. And he prayed that somebody would go in there and that somebody would tell her it's okay, that somebody would show her the love of Christ, that even a baby killer, even a murderer someone that took their own child's life that person still deserves Christ. I don't understand it, and you probably don't understand it, but that's what the love of God does. That's what the baptism of the Holy Spirit does. The supernatural ability to do that which before you couldn't do. That's the kind of life I want to live. Living that kind of life makes me understand that I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy of the gospel. You're not worthy of the gospel, but through Him... Y'all through him, we can touch an entire nation for Christ. If we'll get past all of the everyday what I like to do in my pretty little, pretty little world, there are people dying all around us. Going to the jails, love it. I'd go to jail, it'd be a tough day, I'm stressed out, and that would be the day I'd get the sassy little thing on the back row making a remark off everything I did. Who does she think she is? You hear her praying in that language? You know what? Come on, bring it, sister. Bring it. Because you know what? My God's bigger than your attitude. You're doing that and you're being so mean and so ugly to me because you got more hurt in you than you know what to do with and you're scared to death of what I got in me. But guess what? My love is bigger than your hate. My love is bigger than your attitude. Why? Because Romans 5.5 says that I've got the love of God shed abroad in my heart by the Holy Ghost. So bring on your little attitude, baby. All day long, he's greater than you and I. Those girls, one by one, God would give words of knowledge and wisdom and prophecy, and they would break under the power of God. Over and over again, and they'd be friends of a family member, of someone that went to church with us, or someone that worked with me before, or someone that had called the office. So I'd know, one by one, they'd all come into the kingdom. That's the baptism in the Holy Spirit.